This is Waiting for Babies. I'm Stephen Mavros. If you would have told me 15 years ago when I first started practicing acupuncture that I'd be hosting a podcast on stories of infertility, I certainly wouldn't have seen that coming. So I wanted to sit down and share with you why I started this and how I got to where I was. I realized with my last interview with Stephanie and Bryce, I'd actually already done that and I'd done a pretty good job. So I'm going to let Bryce take it from here. What are you doing with all the interviews you're collecting? What's your... When I started doing acupuncture and I started doing it with IVF, my interfacing with all of this was like, A, first of all, when I first started, I knew nothing. I learned 90% of what I know I learned from my patients telling me everything. They are the most educated group of patients I've ever met. You get someone to come in with back pain, they don't know what their spine is like. They don't know what the muscles back there are like. Uh. They don't know anything. But you get a fertility patient... And they are so, like you explained over the course of this interview, every process, like nor, my, my intention had always been I'll let patients, I'll let people talk about it and then I'll do like an overlay on the microphone later being like, oh, here's what, you know, hyperstimulation is. Yeah. And you guys are so well educated, so I learned everything that way. Um, and then what I would do is I would do the embryo transfer. So we do, or at least I do, where I go to the clinic with them on the day of embryo transfer and for a long time, what I did was I would do a treatment, they would go in the back, get the embryo put in, they would come back out, and I would do another treatment right in the clinic. Uh-huh. And what was fascinating to me is just being with them in that very unique moment, being with a couple, mm-hmm. seeing the interactions of the couple, what that it was like. Is like. I mean, I remember taking pictures, like, this is actually happening. <laughs> we took, like, a selfie. <laughs> yeah, because it's so hopeful. Like, yeah. this is actually happening. Yeah. We have an embryo to transfer. Yeah. That's so not how... Really but everyone's so different in that moment. Like, you have men who are apathetic. You have men who are, like, doting on their partners. Um, like, seeing how pa- the patients interacted and then seeing how they were afterwards... And there's a full bladder involved. And yes. Like, you know, like, you know, my favorite story I tell is my, like, month one of doing IVF treatments. It's like, I'm sitting here. The woman is sitting here. The guy's sitting over here. I'm, like, just waiting. I got my little acupuncture case. The woman's legs are, like, it's like eagle pose. It's, like, three times crossed to prevent herself from, from peeing. Yes. And the nurse comes out and is just like, we'll be with you guys in five minutes, and then I'll give you a room to do some acupuncture. And the guy gets up and is like, I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. What? (laughs) (laughs) And the the amazing part is the look on the woman's face is like unsurprising. And my look is like, what? Are you kidding me, dude? Hold that shit in. I can't wait until she goes back in five minutes. (laughs) So... Like, I stopped counting because that happened so many times. So I just had so many stories like this. And what I tried to do is I tried to write a book about it because they're freaking hilarious. Like, the number of times this doc comes out and transfer it happened and he's soaked. Uh, And I'm like, did she pee on you? He was like, yeah, man. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, occupational right. yeah, exactly. I'm like don't you have a rubber apron or something he's like no, Just, no. <laughs> and then he was like 
you know, I keep track of these. I'm like, when they pee? He's like, yeah. I'm like, how is it? He's like, 100% success rate. I was like, do not tell anybody that. Oh my that. God, that's hilarious. <laughs> So I started writing down some stories and like my like what it was like to sit in the waiting room with people, um, but over time trying to write these stories out, I realized that they're not my stories; they're my patients' stories, and they where they're coming from with it was so much more important than any anecdote I could tell. Because okay. like I could tell it is funny, but the patients could tell it, and you're like, oh my god. That's what you had, like, that's what happened five minutes before. You that's didn't what happened. Know. Yeah. I didn't know all where it was coming from. Yeah. I didn't know what their relationship was like. Sure. I didn't know all that stuff. And so I wanted to really get that whole story. Mm. And then the other thing is, like, to me, like, my even my friends, like, that will start talking about this. And after about five minutes, they're like, too much, too much information, <laughs> cut it down. Um... And it's because no one talks about this. Like, and you have you guys who like didn't want to tell anybody about it. And to me, I talk about this every day. I'm so comfortable with it. And there's stories of miscarriage and stories of IVF and stories of women who, like couples who don't know what it means to even try, who like don't realize you have to have sex to get pregnant. And to me, that's absurd. And talking, like, all I want to do is get as much of this out there into the world as possible and just get everyone comfortable talking about it. Even if it's just talking about miscarriage, for example. Like, yeah. it's like one in four pregnancies can end in miscarriage. Right. How is that not something we've all seen in our I, circle of friends, talked about, know how to deal with? There's this uh, annual thing, I forget what it's called, but it's the annual day to, like, honor, uh, like, miscarriage, miscarriage yeah. and pregnancy loss. And, um, I, uh, you know, I have it in my calendar and a reminder and there's a note in the reminder with like a list of basically women's names and sometimes also the baby's name. Um, and I light a candle and it's my own little ritual that I do. And I say the name of mom and the name of the baby if the baby had a name. And so like I did a, a little Facebook post this the last one that passed and, uh, you know, just said, like, I lit a candle today for the women that I know. And I was like, at this point, the number's up to 12 um, women that I know who had a loss of some kind from the miscarriage up to, I didn't specify, but like my friend who lost, you know, her twins who were born prematurely and one lived two days and the other lived two months. And I got all these, I got like a series of comments from, you know, women of all ages that I know um, friends and family were like, oh yeah, I, I lost, you know, this one in this year and my list just grew and just, you know, saying it, putting it out there, had all these women saying, oh yeah, that happened to me, that happened to me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's common. It's just not talked about. So I have a lot of names that I have to say to the candle. I was going to say, <laughs> thank God you're not lighting that many candles now. Just one candle. Just one <clears throat> candle for all of them. So there you have it. Thanks for listening. 
You know, a friend asked me recently whether all of these stories end with a baby at the end, and they won't, because that's kind of not how they always turn out. You'll get stories that end amazingly, and you'll also get stories that twist and turn and don't end up where people expected them to, and that's kind of how this field is, and that's the story I'm looking forward to telling you all. Look for an episode soon. Check us out on either iTunes or SoundCloud, and our website again is waitingforbabies.com. This is Stephen Mavros. See you next time. Mm-hmm.